Once in a while, you come across something that actually, really can help change and impact your life. Emotional health will do that. I can't tell you how excited I am about the series, well, book discussion that we're starting through the New York Times bestseller, Whole Brain Child. This is not about how to make your children smarter or how to get more scholarships in college or to fix your family. This is a very approachable, practical book by amazing experts about growing in emotional health and relationships within your family for your child and for you as the parent. I'm your host, Cheryl Lang, and this is The Parenting Podcast. So glad you could join us. I don't think you're going to want to miss the discussion. I'm so excited because we're doing something new Yeah, that we've never done at TPP before. And we're sort of going to do a book club or a book read. What are are we going to call it? a summer book club. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we came across a book. In fact, maybe a month or so ago, someone in psychology said, do you know, have you ever heard of The Whole Brain Child? Mm -hmm. I think you'll really like it. So I started looking into it, and that's what we're going to do. The Whole Brain Child by Drs. Daniel Siegel and Tina Bryson. I think one's a PhD, one's an MD. Yeah. And uh, before I even approached you all about it, I talked, and three of my friends who are therapists all said, great book. It's good Mm -hmm. stuff. Use Mm -hmm. it. And have y'all enjoyed reading it? Yeah. It's been really good. Yeah, I mean, we have a mutual friend that recommended it. And then I was sitting at the coffee shop reading it the other day. I had it on the table and somebody walked by and they're like, oh, I just finished that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is a New York bestseller. Right. So, you know, so obviously it's been out there. And since my kids are all adults now, that's why I had not heard of it for, <laughs> you know, when I was younger. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not kind of in that same mm-hmm, circle with, mm-hmm. you know, people telling me about certain books, but. I love this book. I wish I would have had it when, you know, when I was, you know, learning to parent. But even now, um, with 17 grandkids, it still works. (laughs) But it's just such a a really, really good book. I wish I had known about it earlier. Yeah, well, and I mean, I kind of have been on hiatus from parenting books because at some point, as your kids get older, you start kind of feeling like, well, that just tells me all the things I wish I would have done differently. (laughs) You mean the guilt trip books? (laughs) But this has been so good. I mean, even just to apply to myself and and see things in my own life that in my own emotional health that can use some improvement. Well, see, you just introduced, for those of you who don't know it, They're going, what is this book that you're talking Mm -hmm. about? It's about parenting with emotional health. It's about thriving with emotional health. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it came out, I think, in 2012. And when I heard about it, it talks about nurturing your child's mind. I thought it was about intellectual development and how to get smarter kids. Because, Ellen, all the teaching that there was about our children's minds were developing their IQ right? and how to make them smarter and how to make them think better and succeed academically and intellectually. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so that's what I thought this was. But I'm thrilled. It's about a whole new way of seeing our brain Mm. with 
emotional health and parenting. Yes. Well, and I was a little intimidated. I, I like some kind of, you know, sometimes like sciencey things like this, mm. but it felt when I was hearing people talk about it, it felt very yeah. intimidating, too academic. I didn't have the brain margin to really explore <laughs> the brain. And um, but and is that the way the book is? No, he's great at making it very applicable, relatable, written to a you know a normal person just yeah. mindset. Yeah. yeah, it's an easy style to just read. Yes, it sure is. Yeah. It sure and it's is. written for parents, not for right. doctors. So. Yes, that's what I like. And so. We're going to tell you all the things we like about it as we work our way through it. Um, I remember early 2000s, maybe 05, 06, somewhere in there, and because I was working with parents. You know, we used to have this thing called blogs. I don't know if anybody even is allowed to write. I think people blog Do they still still blog? They vlog. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. It's vlogs now. But in that, it was just several paragraphs, and somewhere it came across and it's a name I know very well now, but I've never heard of Dr. John Gottman. Mm-hmm. His first line said, EQ in your children will always dominate IQ. Mm-hmm. And I said, mm-hmm. what? So emotional quotient, talking about healthy emotional development, mm-hmm. is always superior to IQ in your children thriving. Wow. And then had a couple paragraphs, and I was hooked. I yeah. thought, this is fantastic. It's the only thing I could find. Wow, yeah. And so we'll talk about our history with it. There just wasn't anything out there. And there's so much now. I'm thrilled with what we have. And like Ellen said, oh, boy, oh, boy, how I wish this had been written in 40, 50 years ago to have had that's available for all of us. Well, we had obey and disobey. (laughs) (laughs) That was a philosophy. Or we're talking about our history. I will say the way it was taught is emotions were untrustworthy because mm-hmm. you can see them. People fly off the handle. So you mm-hmm. get, either one way or the other, something over the top with their emotions, and they can't handle life. Mm-hmm. So the image of the way it was taught to me and all the input I had, it was supposed to be the good stuff, is you can't rely on emotions. Mm-hmm. So if you think of like a, a train, and you have the engine, which runs the whole thing, and it's the direction, and that's what you rely on. And then you have the different cars. And so that engine was fact, thought, information, truth, logic. And then one of the unfortunate couplings was with a car that had emotions in them. It was usually way at the back. Yes. And (laughs) and the problem is you can't trust your emotions, you can't rely on them. But when these ugly things, your emotions happen Mm -hmm. one way or the other, you look back to the engine because it's controlled by the thought, the logic. You take those thoughts captive and you submit Mm -hmm. that emotion, you submit it to thought, truth, fact. Yeah. And you but don't deal with the emotion. Mm-hmm. So that's where we were. There wasn't anything else. And that's what I love this book and the opportunity we're going to have to talk here on the podcast is, <laughs> no, we don't yeah. have to ignore emotions or let them run our lives. Right. But emotions were always presented like they were this bothersome thing yeah. that we had to deal with. Yeah. And everybody had to get control of your emotions if you don't have control of your emotions. There's something wrong with you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, and I think there's the other extreme of of completely giving into yes. your emotions yes. and and not having any kind of regulation yes. at all. 
And that that's another unhealthy, which is probably more where I came from yeah. into my adult life of, of not having any amount of filter or mm-hmm. regulation for my emotions. So there's these two really unhealthy extremes. Well, I know when I was growing up, and this was a long time ago, <laughs> with the original Star Trek, there was Mr. Spock, who was yes. the Vulcan with the, oh, uh-huh. with the ears, uh-huh. Leonard Nimoy. The true Mr. Spock. The true <laughs> And I had such a crush on him. And I had like a, you know, a huge poster over my bed that I kissed goodnight every night. No way. Yes. That's hilarious. Yes. I was like in the sixth grade. Did you kiss each pointy ear? (laughs) I loved Mr. Spock because I loved that logic and non-emotion because that was so opposite of what I was. And he always had control. Now, just a side note, my grandmother came and spent the night in my room and told me she was scared to death in there. Because I had so many pictures of Mr. Spock in my room. So that's so funny. Well, you know, I think that makes a good point. I am, like I said, the same way. Came from, you know, adolescence into adulthood with no control over my emotions. Yeah. And I, I really feel like I swung to the other extreme of dismissing a lot of yeah. my emotions. Yes. Like you were talking about, Cheryl, where I was avoidant of hard things, hard, hard yep. feelings yeah. or thoughts that I had about things. And then that later in turn filtered into my parenting where you know I dismissed a lot of their feelings and their emotions but if you're not taught right you don't know what to do they're just this giant blob of jelly you're trying to juggle and and... it leaves you out of control yeah this book has got a lot of good pictures that you can identify with Mm -hmm. and the imagery Mm -hmm. of saying we're going down a river in life and we bounce off the two sides, which is what you're talking right, about. Right, the chaos yeah. and the control. Chaos, yeah. And you bounce back and forth. And that that is the way you handle it. If it's too chaotic, then you just go straight to rigidity. And um, sometimes in the same hour. Right. You know, <laughs> because you didn't know what yeah, to do with it. Right. And it is messy. It is. And, you know, we are such a result of our environment and our parenting. I remember... My parents, there was no conversations on this at all. Mm-hmm. And um, we've talked about it before because we moved a lot and I had no self-awareness, other awareness. I didn't know any of this way of being sensitive and how to integrate. I just thought everybody wanted to be my friend. So plenty of emotions. And so mm-hmm. I, yeah. I uh, felt a lot of rejection and had some actual stories where my heart was broken. Well, there was outright, really, rejection. And I can remember one time running home, and I was so sad, and threw myself in my parents' arm. I was probably fifth grade, and crying because of how I had been so hurt. And my dad held me close, and he said, don't you worry about them. That's okay. We love you. We don't need them. You're safe here, mm-hmm. which was a very loving response. Yeah. But there Didn't was no deal with it. Yeah, there yeah. was no dealing with the problem of learning how yeah. to integrate with people, much less you don't deal with your emotions. It's okay. You're safe here. Don't don't deal with them. Right. Yeah. He didn't want me to hurt. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I will say in my parenting, I was much more emotionally effective and interactive and effusive with my children. I'm, I am. I love mm-hmm. the positive emotions and celebrated those. But my mistake is the negative emotions My dad did. I didn't want my children to hurt. Mm. So that was a huge gap in my parenting is, you know, no, you don't need to hurt. It's okay. Don't feel bad. Don't Mm -hmm. feel sad. (laughs) You know, be happy. Let me tell you all the reasons you're happy. 
And I would try to distract them or talk about what's happy and good. Right. Yeah. So I celebrated the really good stuff, mm-hmm. but I didn't do well with the negative. I didn't deal with it. And this book is a great practical right. way of how to deal healthily mm-hmm. in real life with our own emotions and with our kids. Well, and I, I think I did something very similar with very different motives. I, I just didn't want the inconvenience of yeah. their hard emotions. Mm-hmm. And I think even their good emotions, you know, it, we can have fun, but not too much fun that's going to make a mess and be loud and oh. obnoxious, you know. I liked that even-killed environment. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I think my motives were more my own convenience and my lack of emotional health on my own, in my yeah. own heart, because yeah. I didn't know how to process my own emotions, let alone my kids. You know, I was young when I had my kids, so I was still growing up alongside of them. And and so I very easily shifted into that survival mode. Mm. Yeah. That was my downfall. I was just crazy. (laughs) You make us all look sane when you say things like that. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that can relate. I mean, I could wake up in a good mood and an hour later I'm in a bad Uh mood because something's Mm -hmm. happened and shifted. And it's usually when I felt like, I don't have control or I can't help this. Mm. You know, the feeling as a parent of helplessness. Yes. Mm-hmm. When you feel like you you want to reach out to your child because they're hurting, but you don't know what to say. You don't know how mm. to help them. Or they're doing something destructive. I don't mean in a big way, but just destructive. But you're not quite sure how to how to handle that because my parents didn't teach me anything. Nope. I was kind of feral. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was one of those kids that all my teachers loved me. I had a lot of friends. I love school. But whenever my parents would come to like the parent teacher meetings and my teacher would go, oh, Ellen's just blah, 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 wonderful. My parents would be staring at him like that girl over there because it was just like a different world at my house. Mm-hmm. And so to me, school and stuff was very rewarding for my emotional life, whereas my home life wasn't. But it made me kind of crazy as a parent, too. Because it was kind of one minute I was up, one minute I was down. Right. Wow. Well, what I'm hearing, the common theme amongst all of us <laughs> is a lack of intentionality yeah. Yeah. that we received. That's and very good. In yeah. turn, that we didn't have an yeah. intentional approach yeah. to emotions yeah. for our kids. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, what you're talking about, Ellen, huh? not wanting your children to hurt. And I alluded to it earlier, but after we lost Bill, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't know how to talk about the emotions. Mm-hmm. And so I talked yeah. about it at first and tried to get them to talk about it or to cry and to express themselves. And I had no problem expressing my loss and my sadness. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you have a tragedy like that, everybody's just everybody's floundering. Just, yeah. and, but then after some time passed, I didn't know how to bring it up. Right. Like, mm-hmm. are you still hurting? What I didn't know because I thought, oh, if I bring this up, they're going to hurt and I don't know what to do with it. And everybody seems to be moving on. And so I wish I had had good resources like this to keep it open so we Mm -hmm. could talk about. Well, because grief isn't black and white. It's It's not one day you're grieving, you work through it and you're done. And so it's a constant in your life. It still is for you. Yep. You know, it comes up in different ways and you're not mourning at the same level you did in the beginning, the same with our children when they've gone through a grief. Mm -hmm. But most of us feel very ill-equipped to, you know, deal with some really hard things in life. Yeah. Well, and people are so different. I mean, if you have more than one child, then they could be handling things and responding to things completely different. I know there's lots of times where 
you know, I'll say something to a child and and they're like, that made me feel this way. And I'm like, right. well, am I meant to make you feel this way? Like, <laughs> yes. yes. The child say, well, you never said anything about it. I'm like, well, because exactly. the other one said I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And that's exactly one yeah. would say you talked about it too much. Yes. You didn't talk yeah. about it enough. Yes. But I do want to encourage our listeners because now that all my children are grown, um, they are getting into good places in their life. Some are actually processing with counselors. Mm, yeah. And okay. so even though we didn't know what we were doing, and it felt like a free fall mm -hmm. because we didn't have something like the whole brain challenge right. yeah. to give us some parameters, um, I'm really thankful because mm -hmm. people are resilient and our children have been resilient and they're doing okay as adults mm -hmm. instead of what I would have projected. Yeah, right. And in normal circumstances, I'm not talking about extreme, but in normal circumstances, as humans and as children, people can rebound, Yes, mm -hmm. you know, from hard things and tragedy. It doesn't mean they're not affected by it. Well, and that's one thing he talks about early on in this book that was really comforting to me. Because like I said, when I start reading anything parenting, related, <laughs> I'm like, I feel like really crummy about not doing this right. But, you know, he talks about uh, neuroplasticity yes. and talks about how the brain is moldable and pliable and, and there's, um, what does he say? Oh, rewiring is possible. Yes. And that was really comforting. For your whole life. Yeah, yeah, for your it's whole life. It's not just in a certain time frame. Right. So where I'm reading this with young adult kids and thinking of all the things that I could have done better, you know, I can still grow. They can still grow and yes. heal. Like you're saying, Cheryl, your kids have found healthy places to yes. help them yeah. through things that maybe, you know, could have been done differently. Yes. Okay. You use the term neuroplasticity. Mm -hmm. And that sounds like the kind of book you were afraid of. Right. Because <laughs> it's a new term. Uh -huh. And I want for our listening audience to explain the neurons are the things that make up our thinking and our reacting in our brains. And plasticity is it's, it's like... Um, Flexibility. It's flexible, yes. yeah. Flexibility and grow. And so our brain does rewire all the time. Right. For life. For life. And yeah. it continues. So I'm going to give some personal examples. Uh, being in the older end of my life here, I'm intentionally, I've changed some ways about things that I do with my health, with the way I eat, um, with my exercise, and then I'm incorporating other things. So I've taken on some new hobbies. I'm doing pottery, and I am also doing the New York Times crossword puzzle, trying to work on those neurons mm -hmm. to create something new, because our brains can rewire. Yeah. That, that really is encouraging. Are, and that's what the book is about. It's developing our children's mind, and I love it. What's encouraging to me, number one, is neuroplasticity. So mm -hmm. even at my age, I can change. Mm -hmm. But whatever stage or age your kids are in, listeners, all of them. You can always begin walking in something new and particularly in this area of emotional health and thriving emotionally. I thought that was one of the greatest encouragements. What did y'all like about the book? Well, I think I think one of the things, like like I said, I was a little intimidated, but it's so accessible to yes. the way yes. he incorporates the the science of the brain and the different parts of the brain and what their functions are. But then how how we as parents in our living rooms on a Tuesday afternoon can actually yes. provide help to our yeah. kids to um, offer them help in yes. in navigating and, and orchestrating these parts of the brain working together. Yes. Where usually if it's science, they 
front load so much. Yes. And then, oh, by the way, the last half of the last chapter is here's what you do with it. Right. And it's, it's like, let me go get a PhD real quick <laughs> so that I can help my child who didn't make the yeah, team. Because I think the, the positive about the book is it gives you practical how to do it alongside mm-hmm. the scientific information. So because that's what we're all saying, how frustrating it is to read all this really good information. But then you're like, well, what so do what do I do? Yeah. Right. You know, and I mean, I think. I realized, too, as parents, it really helps us to understand how our brains work by looking at the book. Absolutely. And it had lots of good charts, Mm -hmm. which if you're a visual person, a visual learner, it had lots of good charts and illustrations that, you know, reinforce what the chapter was about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're going to encourage you to get the book. (laughs) Yes. Whether you listen to all of our episodes, we'd love you to listen to them because... Our plan is to walk our way through the book section by section and discuss it and talk about it and apply it, but get the book and because the end has like a refrigerator chart that you can put up. Yeah. It breaks it down it by age. Like this is what you would see at this age and yeah. just really, really excellent practical. tools yeah. for whatever stage you're in with your kids. Yeah. Um, or yourself. Yes. <laughs> yeah, every chapter at the end after the uh, activities or ways to communicate with your kids, there is a section integrating yourself. And yes. I yeah. really appreciated yes. that. I mean, I, I think we're always still growing and, and learning. Sure. So, yeah, I really liked that. And I did like the um, scientific part of it. I, I don't think we think of the brain as an organ that has functions like mm-hmm. then. You know, we think about all of our other organs and yep. their functions mm-hmm. and the needs that they have, but um, we kind of dismiss like, well, you just have thoughts and feelings and that's yeah. about it. He really addresses the brain functions. Like, yeah. yeah. And the fascinating thing is we really just know so little about the brain. Mm-hmm. It's really amazing. It's mm-hmm. this organ. We learn lots about the heart and the kidneys and things, but, you know, the brain is still a great mystery, but they've done such a good job in integrating, you know, what we can do to help our children and our behaviors, right. how to change. Besides just give them some fish oil. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, well, and like the title says, Strategies to Nurture Your Child's Developing Mind, mm-hmm. not their intellect. Right. Yes. The part that their mind, that is who they are, their right. emotions, mm-hmm. and to affirm them without wallowing in them. Mm-hmm. And then it's, I think, a really well laid out book. And you're passing on a really great tool to your children, Yes, you know, because when you're implementing some of the ideas in the book, then your children are learning, which most of us didn't learn, how to do certain things with your emotions, what to do with them. And so you're creating a whole new generation of kids that know what to do with their emotions. Well, and he says in there, you know, you can you can raise kids and just focus on behavior and get well-behaved children. And that's fine and dandy. But. Mm -hmm. If we're not equipping them with emotional health that they can use in their whole life to yeah. navigate all of life's circumstances, right. that's just making us look good of having these well-behaved <laughs> yeah. kids yeah. for yeah. a season, but not really equipping them for life. And that's the tidy way of doing it. Just don't yeah. ignore your emotions. Mm-hmm. Just live out of that. But I like this. I think it's really balanced because it's not... All emotion. Right. right. It's completely permissive and, and permissive nothing and matters. The child can and, yeah. just do whatever and right. you just let them run amok. Right. And express any emotion anytime. I think it's a really balanced approach. Right. I agree. 
Um, also, I like, like in the last chapter, the 11th strategy is this, increase the family fun factor, making a point of enjoying each other. Mm-hmm. I just think it's such a nice approach of being mm-hmm. human beings together mm-hmm. and that the relationship does yeah. matter. And as we're all functioning better and more healthily in our emotions, yeah. our relationships are going to be better. It's messy. But it was messy when we weren't dealing with right. them. We just ignored them or let them run amok. Yeah. Right. And you know, we just bounced right. from side to side on that river right. instead of trying to work together and just flourish. I'm so excited about this. Is there anything else about the book or what you would say to our audience to try to convince them why they need to listen to this series and why they need to get this book? Well, it'll make it a lot easier Uh, if you listen to our podcast regularly, if you get the book. That's true. Because we're going to go through the book, not chapter by chapter, but a couple of chapters at a time. Mm -hmm. And so there's so much information there, we can't possibly cover it in a podcast. Mm -hmm. And there are things that you're going to want to reread, and you're going to want to underline yourself, and you're going to want those charts, Mm -hmm. because they're very helpful. So it's worth the, I don't know. Everything comes through Amazon, right. so, you know, you kind of... Don't, and you yeah. have it in one day. <laughs> yes, Amazon in one day. And then I always forget what I order from Amazon. So I'm always surprised when the when Amazon... When you get something. Yes, and I'm like, oh, what did Mike order? Oh, it's for me. <laughs> then I'm shaking it going, wonder what it is. Well, I'm the opposite. We have so many teens ordering something every single oh, day, yeah. and I never get anything. I'm yes. always like, oh, it's like, again, it's yeah. for another kid. Right. So, you know, Amazon's got it. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Amazon, you're so lovely. <laughs> And so here we are, the parenting podcast sponsored by Amazon. <laughs> so looking forward to this. Yes. So much. You can't beat a summer book club. No, that's <laughs> true. That's true. So parents, remember, hang in there. Keep loving. Keep persevering because it's worth it. Man, what would we do without Amazon? I think you can see how excited the recording team is about this book, the content, its approach, and how useful it is for all of us, regardless of the ages or stages of your family. Here's one of my favorite quotes out of their intro that captures what we love about it. With an understanding of the brain, you can be more intentional about what you teach your kids how to respond to them, and why. It will help you to know your child more deeply, respond more effectively to difficult situations, and intentionally build a foundation for a lifetime of love and happiness for your whole family. I mean, that is our desire for you here at The Parenting Podcast. We want to come alongside of you and walk with you, encouraging and equipping you as parents for your family's whole life. We cannot recommend enough for you to get this book and read it along with us. Again, it's The Whole Brain Child by Drs. Daniel Siegel and Tina Bryson. Have a question or comment? Simply text us at theparentingpodcast.com, DM us, or go to our website. So, whether you get the book or not, be sure you're following TPP, because next time we talk about how two brains are better than one. Mm-hmm.